0: This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips.
1: Our friend Jack Spillane, columnist for New Bedford Light, is back with us today to comment on some local news happenings. Uh, Good to see you again, Jack. Nice to be here, Jim. You wrote a column that was published this week about gadflies. Not insects, but gadflies. And uh, the sometimes silly things that They wrangle over with politicians. Uh, First of all, I should say, you and I have seen gadflies all the time we've been working uh, in this market. It is just, I don't know, something just happens with people. And I'm sure they're in every market, every news market. Um, You wrote about two gadflies, or citizen journalists, as you call them, uh, Carlos Felix and Craig uh, Tuzanski and whether they trespassed at a recent city council meeting by being on the third-floor balcony at the city council chambers. Now, the two were eventually accused of trespassing and harassment. Uh, The councilors claimed they were being harassed by these two. There was an incident outside the city hall. Um, Tuzanski and uh, Felix said that they have a right to attend council meetings and that they were being harassed. So, anyway, it all went to court. A magistrate recently threw the whole thing out. And, uh, is this anything we should get too excited about?
0: Well, I don't think we should take, get too excited about it, except for the fact that I'm sure the third district court would not like to waste time, uh, devoting a whole morning in a magistrate to having to hear both sides of what is essentially a personality conflict. Um, I, uh, I can see both sides in this issue. I should say that a gadfly, and I don't mean it to be derogatory, but it's a term that's used uh, for people who um, glom on to the political process, go to every meeting, and have something to say at virtually every meeting. We've had many over the years in New Bedford. uh, People may remember Jack Custodio or Ray Delgado. There have been others. um, Other places I've worked, there have been. And, you know, in this case, um, some of the—and um, uh, and there's a new feature about this that social media has brought us, and I call them citizen journalists, because some of these some of these stories that they've written actually bring things out, like um, Carlos Felix and the Hugh Dunn uh, leaving the scene of an accident incident, and um, uh, Gilly Cephiolos and the problems in the administration of Trip Tower. So there are things that come out. Um, there are also inappropriate things that they do, um, uh, the least of which, not the least of which, is yelling and shouting and being rude at council meetings. Um, even worse, outside uh, the council chambers on the street, screaming to high heaven. Some say that there's threats. Some say that there's name-calling going back and forth, both on the councillor's side and the gadfly side. It's just a mess, and it needs to be handled better.
1: So I think what you're saying is, that gadflies or citizen journalists do have a purpose. I mean, they they can do some good things.
0: They Uh, do, but they have to behave themselves also. (laughs) Uh, You cannot have people shouting out and being rude at council meetings. We have one that holds a sign and positions himself, Gilly, behind the cable TV cameras, insulting Councilor Morad usually. I think doing that once goes a long way, but he's done it you know, over and over and over again. At the time I wrote that column, I had not seen some of the videos, which have since been sent to me, and the one with Carlos Felix yelling at the top of his lungs. I don't know why he wasn't arrested for disturbing the peace uh, that night. And um, uh, Linda Morad, someone sent me a a video where it appears she's slowing down her car and sticking her tongue out at at Felix and the people that were uh, carrying on. So I, I think... I tried to suggest in my column that um, they all ought to lighten up a little bit.
1: Well, I think that's probably pretty good advice. Because I, I, if the I, thing is allowed to escalate further, somebody, you know, I hope not, somebody could get hurt. Yeah. Well, I, I don't
0: know. These, these guys have been arrested for um, uh, alleged assaults and uh, threats. They've usually been dismissed, most of the cases. I think there's only one case involving Carlos and uh, theft that ever resulted in a sentence, but not, none of the cases have ever resulted in anything. I will say that Councilor Morad was uh, particularly offended by a sign that Gilly was holding. Um, I don't even want to repeat some of it because it gives it oxygen, but it certainly could be looked at as, as off-color, and I don't think that um, the woman counselors or anybody else for that matter should be subjected to that,
1: Well, um, New Bedford has had a long history of gadflies, or political operatives, or citizen journalists. Uh, some had more impact than others. Um, I love this topic because gadflies, in some cases, in some cases, are what makes the political wheels kind of turn in New Bedford. Uh, it's a, a subject I'm interested in. Uh, who was the first gadfly who approached you, Jack, when you started reporting in New Bedford?
0: That would have been the aforementioned Jack Custodio. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, he used to approach my desk at the Standard Times um, until Ken Hotten at the editor eventually had to ban him. Be- he would come up to my desk and sometimes he would tell me that I was white trash and that I was just a miserable reporter, all kinds of insults, of course, which I was reporting at the time, not doing a column, not yeah. that I would do this as a columnist and you don't want to you know, I'll argue back with him. Jack was famous for going to the housing authority meetings where he would carry on and eventually Joe Finney would have the police officer remove him. Jack did bring up a lot of issues uh, about inequities in the housing uh, authority, uh, things that were not fixed, conditions that were intolerable. So he did have a role and I'll just say Carlos Felix was the person who responded in the middle of the night when uh, Councilor Dunn allegedly left the scene of an accident and was driving under the influence, and police officers filed a report that got them in trouble.
1: Well, my first gadfly back in the mid-'70s was Jack Custodio, uh. same as you. As many of you know, Jack wasn't subtle. He would insult you, just like he'd do with you, and uh, then what? Mike gave you. he might give you some information, might give you some information that you might be able to use or at least store in the memory bank and uh, use at a later date. Um, Who are some of the other people, Jack, that you might consider to be gadflies?
0: Well, uh, in New Bedford, I'm getting so old, I can't remember some of them. (laughs) But, but, uh, of course, Ray Delgado, who was a very smart guy and had a lot of interesting things to say about inequities, Um, he also had some um, medical conditions uh, uh, involving his mental health that when he was on his medication, he did well. And when he was off of it, he did not so well. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Gilly Safiolis, of course, is a current one. Yeah. Um, there's the humble bum. Uh, 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 a guy, what was his name? Robert it, Mello. Yeah, he always identified himself to me as just the humble bum and would call and tell me about how he was controlling New Bedford politics. Um, he didn't, in my time, appear at the council meetings. No. He was, he was he, more he, of the, pre- of he the press. He never did,
1: but he either read newspapers voraciously or he had somebody tell him what was going yeah. on because yeah. he always knew. He did. Uh, I thought Eddie Johnson was a gadfly. Too.
0: Eddie Johnson could venture into that category. Eddie, Eddie was very smart and he brought up you know substantive issues a lot of the times but some people thought he took them too far and didn't get off them when he needed to.
1: Um, Robert Mello, uh, the humble bum, uh, real, I spent an awful lot of time talking on the phone, with Bob. I'm sure you did, too. Um, I'm not sure all the information that I received from Bob was worth all the time I lost on the phone yeah. talking with him. But uh, Likewise. So be it. It's kind of the job of a reporter to listen. Yeah. And,
0: and let's not forget Leo Allen, former attorney right. uh, uh, from downtown New Bedford, who w- would work the press assiduously.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I love them all. Me too. To some degree.
0: To some degree. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is Jack Spillane, columnist for the online newspaper New Bedford Light. Homeless students. The Light's uh, Colin Hogan wrote an interesting story recently about students who are homeless. He said that, and I get the figures from from the school department, but he said that every classroom of 20 students, it's possible at least two are homeless. Which I found uh, unsettling, and the school department said that there are more than thirteen hundred yeah. homeless students attending New Bedford Public Schools. Uh, that's that's a high number, as far as yeah. So
0: thirteen hundred out of a total uh, student population of thirteen thousand, which means ten percent of the student body in New Bedford is homeless. Some, um, so. To understand that story, you have to understand their definition of homeless, and they include people who are what they call doubling up. And doubling up is people who are couch surfing. Maybe a parent has an alcohol or drug problem. Maybe the parent has a mental illness problem. The parent is in another country. For for whatever reason, the home life is unstable, and those people... Children have always existed, but the social consciousness and the determination not to let these kids get lost in a system is greater now, and people want to provide them with more stable environments. Of course, they're in that situation in a, in a in a milieu where we have a housing crisis in the city already. I'm not sure how you solve it because, I mean, maybe 17-year-olds are capable of running an apartment, but anybody less than 17... 16, you really would have questions as to are you going to give them their own apartment? I don't, and and how could you even afford to do that for 1,300 children? Um, it's a, I do think that there needs to be an effort to keep track of these kids. And if they are in trouble, they're not eating or, or have no place on a given night, then they need to do something. But
1: the story deserves a lot more discussion and planning for sure. Uh, uh, good work by Colin to kind of bring it out and put some meat on the bones to it.
0: I mean, with 1300, you, you begin to think, do we need to run an orphanage? Uh, orphanages, they don't run anymore because we have the foster care system. Right. But anybody that knows anything about the Massachusetts foster care system is that it has been plagued by problems.
1: Yeah. You know, it, uh, it's not really a... It, sh- it should not be the first option, uh, no. in my mind, for sure. Um. Well, uh, Colin's article, I think the conclusion at the end of it is we need more affordable housing. Um, And there are surprisingly a number of projects along Union Street that are in the works, about to get started. Some interesting things happening there. Now, it's, it's not all, you know, it's not enough, but it's certainly a start.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure any of them would rent to people Under 18. Probably not. Um, If if you did get them into some sort of housing, they probably have to have some, you have to have a higher adult supervision to check in on them. So it's a complicated problem.
1: Yeah, it sure is. Um, New Bedford Light also reported this week that the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center plans to open a wind innovation facility in New Bedford, probably in an existing building along the waterfront. It would uh, really be kind of an incubator, I think, is the best way to put it, to develop new technologies and business enterprises. Now, they hope to have that facility up and running by 2026. Uh, I thought the story was interesting, but more compelling was the letter after the story, the reaction to the story. Uh, Fisherman Keith uh, Uzel, Uzel claimed that offshore wind is damaging the marine ecosystem and its inhabitants. I don't know that we really know that yet, but okay. He says we're risking the fishing industry for the sake of a few commercial jobs being filled right now by out-of-town workers. That is a real concern to me, and I think to you as well. We've got to get new Bedford people on those jobs. and uh, But reading his letter, I just... Is it possible that these two industries can find any middle ground? They've been working... Since the word offshore wind had been uttered in New Bedford, there have been committees formed working on this problem. I don't think there's a resolution yet.
0: You know, we, we definitely need to do more scientific investigation into what the effects, um, short-term and long-term, of these turbines out there are. It's a new technology. It's been done in the North Sea, in Europe, successfully. I don't know enough about its effects on the fishing industry in Northern Europe, Um to really say, but I, 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 think it's a smaller fishing industry than our fishing industry. But I think that the fishermen have a lot of fears. Some of them may be legitimate. Some of them maybe not so much. I think that more research needs to be done. Um, uh, th- there is this tension between the new industries. You know, the mayor is sort of in a no-win situation. If he didn't go after a share of this burgeoning wind industry, and it all went to Rhode Island and Long Island, he would be justly criticized for that. So by going after it, he's criticized by the fishing industry. It's sort of a no win situation. I do think we need to know more, but I, I, I think that it is hard to say out of the gate that it's just it's just going to be the end of fishing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I'm not sure I believe that, but clearly we need we do need more research. Of course you can't do the research uh, in the North Atlantic until the there's turbines up. Yeah, and and, and then they may be
0: and then they may be doing damage. So yeah. it's like, but but you know, there certainly is damage that's been done by the oil offshore oil uh, when there's slicks and, and sure. things like that. There's damage by virtually any industry you can think of. Um, you know, including the fishing industry to right whales. The fishing industry itself is criticized for that. So you know, the, these are t- tensions by of of different interest groups. They need to be explored and. And appropriate action needs to be taken. I, I just, I just worry that it's a little bit preemptive, and I don't know how you get around that.
1: Well, we'll see. Um, you know, this is, this certainly bears watching uh, for the existing fishing industry and for the future of the industry. Um, I think uh, Mr. Uzel is probably more worried about that. Uh, so we'll see, um, Jack. Um, Hasn't really been much else here, so I thank you for coming in. Okay. The gadfly talk, I love it.
0: (laughs) uh, You know, it's funny. If you had told me that I was going to devote a whole column to gadflies, I would have been fairly fairly skeptical about that, but I guess everything comes around soon. That's (laughs) right. It does come around.
1: It does come around, and uh, there's been some interesting, interesting names on that list for sure. My guest has been Jack Spillane, columnist for New Bedford Light, You can read Jack's work and lots of other good information at newbedfordlight.org. Stay with us. Town Square Sunday will continue in just a moment.